It's Golden Hour Adventure Time, featuring everyday people doing extraordinary things. From the peaks of victory to the valleys of defeat, these are their stories. Now, from the back of the pack, your hosts, Justin and Robbie. Welcome to Golden Hour Adventures. Uh, today, we have a super special guest. And I know I say that every time, but this one hits the nail on the head. I had no idea what I was going to say there, but here we go. Kaylee Brown, welcome to uh, Golden Hour Adventures. What an intro. Thank you. I know, you. right? That know. just made me feel like a million bucks, even if we didn't know where it was going. Well, now so, you have really to live stoked up to, to be it, here. So. I know. Like, oh, God, pull out like every funny outdoor story you have and like get it ready. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's that's exactly what we want to know. So, so Kaylee is the co-founder if i'm correct the co-founder mm-hmm. yep, of yep. Um, the organization military wild do you want to explain a little bit about what military wild is yeah military wild uh was started back in 2018 just like tiny group um kind of what you hear in like those dream come true stories where it's like i don't know we just started doing what we liked and then one day it just took off um so it was a small group of us hiking on guam and just kind of finding ourselves far from what we had known and really not sure how to make connections in that scenario. So we just kind of kept getting outside and kept growing bigger and bigger. Um, And that was in 2018. And in 2023, we now have like over 17,000 members, 15 chapters all over the world. We just opened Military Wild Spain. Military Wild Alaska is also new. Hmm. (laughs) Um, We're a 501c3 nonprofit. And yeah, it's just been a rad journey. You know, we don't, a lot of people will ask us now, like why we aren't trying to profit more, why we aren't trying to kind of like gain more momentum a little quicker, but we're just in it for the good times. You know, we love knowing that our members are getting outside and having that opportunity to kind of see what's out there um, wherever the military sends them. So it's been going pretty well. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, I think that we, my wife and I were on some of those first adventures that you guys went on. I, I yeah, think B that... is definitely one of the OG members. <laughs> yeah. Um, and recently I became a member. I've been part of Military Wild for so long. <laughs> I saw that. And I, was and like, I realized like, that dang. I was not a member yet. I thought my wife had really signed me up time. a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those early days are so great to think back on because we really didn't have this like kind of long-term plan of, of okay, we're going to do this and we're going to be this big. You know, I mean, we didn't really know what was going to happen after a lot of us left Guam. And so we just didn't think about it. We just kind of kept living in the moment. And, you know, it started off as mostly hiking for sure. And now it's really kind of gotten into anything in the outdoors that helps people feel connected to others and kind of like the new spaces that they have to call home. Um, so we do like sunset yoga classes, we do rock climbing, we do adult Easter egg hunts for the holidays <laughs> that are, you know, tailgates, brewery crawls, anything that kind of helps you feel a little more grounded when you kind of find yourself being the new kid. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And so I, I'm assuming that you guys didn't have any anticipation that was going to grow this large in that amount of time. No, I mean, we were in like a Subaru commercial last year and it was just this like surreal moment of being like me, (laughs) like I went to school for fine art. I didn't really kind of figure out my love for the outdoors until a lot later in life. So, you know, for me and some of my closest friends that started this just off of the passion we have for kind of showing others that you can get outside no matter what, no matter what you look like, no matter what your background is, what kind of gear. It's just like a a really surreal feeling to be like, oh, cool. This is something that people like. People like us. We're all doing all right. So I don't think we'll be rich anytime soon, but that's never been the goal. And, um, you know, every time we grow a new chapter, or get like a really great letter from someone telling us that it's kind of altered what they've thought of the outdoors or it's helped them find friends or, you know, get into a passion for doing something outdoors. That's really can't ask for more than that. Well, yeah, just in the short time that I was affiliated with military wild i wouldn't say short time i guess i've been affiliated with it for the for the long haul but you still are <laughs> yeah i guess I, yeah i still am but um you know when i was going on hikes or different type of adventures um in south dakota when my wife was the ambassador there you know i met some people that i we never would have connected otherwise and you know those 
friendships still exist to this day. And that's, that's kind of cool that through, you know, just getting outdoors and, you know, hanging out with people that you probably never would before. That was, that's, that's kind of a neat. Yeah. It's like corny to say it's like goosebumps though. Like I love thinking about the friends that I've made, you know, like people that I typically wouldn't have anything in common with. Um, And I just, I really can't talk enough about the fact that that, that's what keeps us going. And that's what I hope to do for me personally in my everyday life is always making sure that everybody around me feels like they have a seat at the table. But when you're meeting kind of strangers in all of these random places, you find yourself on Guam, you find yourself in Alaska, you find yourself in Texas, you know, I mean, letting everybody know that they have a space there in your community and that they get to meet each other and then carry those threads and friendships on further past wherever they started is, is just like, I mean, I can't talk enough about it. It's so rad. Yeah. That's super cool. I may, uh, <laughs> well, I'll so, like pine after this stuff until the day, you know, you'll have to like <laughs> stop me. I love it so much. So how's your organization built? So you guys, um, do you have presidents, vice presidents? Yeah. I, you know, something that I always remind myself and remind other people when we're talking about kind of how we started military wild, where it's come is none of us have a background in starting nonprofits. So we are continuously learning by uh, trial and error or trial by fire. And uh, so we started off as just the founders Then we became a board. Now we have titles that we're trying to eventually replace ourselves as board members with members of the military community so that they bring in fresh ideas and help us kind of start to kind of become more diverse in what we're going after, whether it's just planning hikes or events or things like that, funding grants. So right now we have titles. We're technically still on the board. We're trying to move over from that process so that we can have a different set of individuals sit on the board for us. And that'll just help us be able to be on the ground a little bit more. And then we have our ambassadors. They're all volunteers, as are we. Um, There's 25 of them, 28 of them. Wow. And they're incredible. I mean, these are people that have families, have real lives, they're active duty, they're on deployments, they're veterans, they're, you know, um, going through their own things and they still find time to lead hikes in their community, lead events, do social media. Um, and it's something we're incredibly grateful for because we would be nothing without them. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, where are you located at? Uh, I just moved to Raleigh, so oh, okay. I'm still kind of getting a feel for it. I'm not sure. I'm still like the new kid, so trying to figure it out, but it's really cool. Um, as someone that's from the East coast, I'm from Connecticut. It's really cool. Raleigh. It's like one weekend you can go to the beach and then the other weekend you go into like Asheville and go into the mountains. So that's been a really great change, but still kind of exploring and getting my feel for everything there. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, let, let's dive into you a little bit as an individual. <laughs> what, let's. <laughs> what drove you to the outdoors? Um, you know, it's, it's a mixture of things for sure. I am somebody that grew up and still to this day feels as though they're always on the, the kind of like outside and it, not in like a sad, pitiful way. I just have always felt like there's never been one place for me to fit in. I was that kid in high school that had friends from all of the different groups. I didn't have one. Um, I was an athlete, but also an artist and just like always feeling like this person that was kind of on the outskirts as an adult, it's harder to be that person. You have less and less opportunity to try to find ways unless you really are intentional about creating a community. And um, I just didn't know really how to break out of that, how to stop being the loner all the time and um, find that balance of someone that enjoys being alone, but enjoys being alone in a community. And so when I moved to Guam and when I started Military Wild with my friends, that was really the first time ever in my life where I had correlated this sense of community with also being outside where, and I don't know if, if y'all feel this way with, you know, ultra running or marathoning or just going for runs, but it's hiking you can do alone and feel really great about it and feel really happy and pumped about the day you had and the adventure but then you also really get a kick out of when you get to do it with like 20 other people. And then at the end, you're all sitting around with a beer 
Um, so when I started military wild with my friends, I wanted to hang on to that feeling of like, okay, I'm not this loner anymore. I can do these things alone, but I also know that I have this community growing around me. Um, I wasn't somebody that grew up with a ton of outdoor experience. I didn't grow up with a lot of money, so I didn't have the fancy things to get outside or it felt like that. So now as an adult, finding that passion for the outdoors and seeing that it really doesn't take much to be able to just get out there and hit the trail and, and feel like you're in it. Um, it's really something. And so that passion started a little bit later. Like I said, when I was 29 and I'm 35 now, so it hasn't been, I don't have decades of getting outside, but I've definitely packed in decades in the last, uh, six years. And, and, uh, it's a really exciting feeling when you finally find that thing that clicks that you just like live and die for. Yeah. That's that, that's honestly, you, you described running for us, you know, it's a, it's exact same for us. We, you know, we just, we live and die by it and we, that's all you eat, mm-hmm. breathe, and sleep. It's like, all right, when's my next race? What am what what am I running this? Yeah. How many miles do I yeah. got? You know, it's it's kind of the same, the same aspect. Um, yeah, I, like having that inner dialogue of like with yourself and what you go through when you're on like something that's really tough or really challenging, and then also knowing that you're sharing that kind of experience with other people. It's nice to have that duality. I think. Yeah, for sure. What has been your most memorable? outdoor adventure that's hard that's hard I've gotten to hike in some pretty incredible spaces um I don't know if I could really do it to one I'll give you maybe like the top quick three go for it one getting to the rim of Mount Bator in Bali and knowing that you're like literally on the outer crevice of this volcano um and like monkeys are all over the place steam is coming (laughs) up you're like where am I you start in the pitch black so you have no concept of like what's going to happen when it gets light. Like you're just blindly following this trail. Then the sun comes up and you're like, oh, okay, I just did something. So not one, uh, but two fears. Cause you have monkeys and lava. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing really gets your heart rate going. Like knowing that something could go wrong with either one of those things. That's awesome. um, and then on Guam, I, Guam is so rural. A lot of those trails aren't on any kind of, electronic you know you can't go into all trails and be like show me this random trail um san carlos falls there's like a swimming hole at the end that's crystal clear so you're just like sweating and dying the entire time and then you finally make it to the swim hole and that's just an unreal feeling and definitely one of my top favorites and then recently i went to yosemite for the first time and hiked glacier point uh (laughs) which ended up being many more miles as we've all done (laughs) once in a while many more miles than I had assumed. Um, but then you get to the top and you're just like looking at this swath of land that has probably looked that way for millions of years. You're looking at Half Dome, Sentinel Dome. You're looking at El Capitan while you're going up there. And so definitely those three have been things that I won't ever forget for the rest of my life. Yeah. I've heard Half Dome's like, uh, one of the most dangerous hikes in America. Is that, is, is that it? one of the, yeah, that's what I, yeah. That's what I've read that it's Oh yeah, I've been like fighting for passes. Recreation.gov, man. <laughs> <laughs> Getting anything these days is like such a crapshoot, but that's on the list. I won a permit last year and couldn't do it. And so I had to give it up. So whoever got to hike Captain on my behalf, you're welcome. Um <laughs> I did an- yeah, that's Angels Landing in Zion. Uh I was gonna say years I heard ago. that was the most dangerous. Well, like, so don't I thought fall so. off of that thing. Well, I mean uh, there's possibilities you could for sure but i did it and i was like oh man i feel like i'm such a badass and i go back and i'm like most dangerous hikes and it's not even the top 10 on some list and i'm like you got like a sticker and you're like slap it in the middle of your water bottle so everybody knows you did it to peel it off like now i'm embarrassed don't tell people about it how are they gonna know exactly thank you (laughs) he actually had it on the subaru yeah yeah oh i had to peel it i had to peel it off my outbag Oh, we've all done that on my outback. Yeah. I'm like, what are the coolest places I can make sure everybody knows I've been to? How do uh, how do you let or how do people know that you drive an outback? Oh, uh, because you'll tell them. Because I tell them, and then I have like really obnoxious vanity plates that say "Hike with me," just in case we weren't sure. Or slogger like while I'm driving it. Yeah, or, mine say slogger. I think I knew that. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Do you like I, your outback? 
I do. I do. I love it. I love it. Right. Yeah. I just got it. Uh, here we go. Sidebar. I just got it. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> a year, a year ago, March. Um, yeah. And I went, it, it's the craziest thing. Cause I went from a lifted diesel mm-hmm. and to my Outback. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to like this thing. And it's probably been one of my favorite vehicles that I've ever owned. And I've owned a lot of vehicles. So how does it get so many miles per gallon? How does it do that? So mine does not, okay. which is, well, never mind. which is crazy because I have the, uh, the wilderness package and oh, it has whoa. the, yeah, it has A true the, outdoorsman. Well, look, look, <laughs> look. Yeah. So, um, it has the WRX motor in it. So the 2.4 liter turbo. So it's fun. You can punch it and it will go. So oh. I, I pull up looking like an outback, but I take off, you know, with a, a little bit of oomph behind me. So it's yeah, it's got like, front. it's got like a, a, you know, a little bit of a lift on it and yeah i call it the sports wagon camping in mine oh a sports wagon yeah you're like saying all these terms i've never heard my wife talk about with a super (laughs) my wife calls it a uh oh what does she call it um i can't even i can't even remember because i've put it out of my mind because i don't believe her but uh yeah so i love my outback i haven't done any car camping in it yet though i need to oh i need to look into doing that i they make like so many great things now for car camping it's not just you like pulling into a rest station and kind of curling up in the fetal position in your front seat um i want to get a rooftop definitely definitely like a toolie or something right that's definitely what i want to get i want to get a rooftop because i i think that if you camp inside the car then you get where do you put all the stuff that you carried there I just move it all to the front, but I also just got a tent that attaches to like my, when my lift gate is up, I put uh, a carabiner in the trunk latch so the battery doesn't die and like have a t- tent that goes attaches to that. So you get some airflow and like go. a little more space. Yeah. Yeah. I think a roof. This is now a Subaru podcast. It is. So we can uh, so, yeah. Any day Subaru, now. please. Uh, <laughs> Robbie used to drive a Subaru. <laughs> Uh, where were we even yeah. at on the podcast? We mentioned now you mentioned Subaru and then boom, my mind just went straight um, to that. Uh, we're talking about like favorite hikes. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. oh yeah, we're talking about dangerous hikes and the sticker on my Subaru. Dangerous hikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to peel it off. Dangerous hikes. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm I hit two of the, the benchmarks. I drive a Subaru A and B. I'm an ultra runner. So I'm gonna tell you immediately one or two of those <laughs> things. So um and I I drink Both IPAs, so valid. I also fit that, you know. <laughs> but, and the mustache right and That's the mustache like kind of a whole, yeah, yeah a you gotta thing. have the mustache Both of yeah. you. robbie's yeah. also like curves a little bit like i'm getting some like hulk hogan vibes a little oh bit. there you go <laughs> <laughs> i need what to is... you know get the wax <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> what is a uh what is a memorable hike or an adventure outdoor adventure that you've been on that has not gone the way that you thought it should have gone God, like 80% of them. Um, you, you know, I think that that happens more so when I'm leading hikes, especially for military wild, because you have so many people from different backgrounds. You really can't always depend on everybody to have not only the same understanding of trail safety, but trail etiquette, things like that. Um, you know, we want to be really strong advocates for people being able to get outside no matter who they are. And then at the same time, trail safety is like one of the number one things that we live and breathe, Um, especially when leading like on Guam, some of our hikes had 20, 30 people and they all had little kids, you know, so you want to kind of keep an eye on everything that's going on. Um, And like one hike that I can remember, and it was a notorious hike for this happening. So it wasn't too surprising, but still always a little jarring is SETI 7 on Guam. You're scaling these seven massive waterfalls on ropes that are wet and covered in moss. Nobody's tested them. They've been there for years. Nobody ever says like, let me hang my full weight on this rope and like, make sure it's good to go. So I don't drop 60 feet to a rock bottom. And you know, there were definitely a couple of times where we would get people that would be at one of the taller falls and would stop in the middle climbing. And you know, when someone does that, and you guys probably know this from running too, is like, if you stop while you're trying to get something done, you're getting tired by the second. So if you're hanging onto this wet rope and you're panicking and you're like, nope, not going up any further, but you're also 
looking down and you're not coming down either, it it kind of has so many different facets to it. Not only do, are you now putting other people at risk because someone has to help you out of this situation. And, um, but, you know, our goal is to be accident free. So you're trying to handle it in the best way you can. So luckily in those situations, communication is everything. Talking to people, getting them to understand that you're not going to let anything happen. And um, working as a team, we've had other members step up to the plate. I think in that scenario that I'm thinking of, um, one of our active duty members who's like a bigger dude, he kind of climbed up the rope to this member and like helped them shimmy back down. Um, and that's also a really nice aspect to the community is everybody's always kind of willing to step up to the plate to help others. And when you have different experiences, different, um, experience levels on the trail, those things are going to happen where you have somebody that's not sure how to handle something. And then you have somebody that does, and they kind of step up to the plate and help that person out. So yeah. Then at the end, they all got to take a really pretty picture in front of a waterfall and <laughs> everyone is happy. That's what it's all about for the gram. Yeah, for the gram. <laughs> How will anyone know you did it? <laughs> do you um, do you require your ambassadors um, to have some medical training, maybe just CPR, or some first aid type stuff? Yeah, CPR and first aid. We So we have ambassadors when they sign up, they fill out an application, tell us about their experience. We don't look for people that are necessarily hardcore outdoor enthusiasts because we have members that also aren't and feel comfortable joining hikes with people that want to take a walk around the block rather than, you know, climb into a random hole in the ground and check out a cave. And that's cool. Um, We prefer CPR and first aid. We also offer all of our ambassadors the chance to take wilderness first aid or any certification that they want that they feel is going to lend itself to them leading hikes or events. And don't test me on what the number is, but we pay a portion of it. Oh, okay. um, so we're always down to help our ambassadors. Um, and it's like something I feel like I should know off the top of my head. And I don't, <laughs> um, but we want to make it accessible. You know, so if one of our ambassadors wants to become wilderness first aid certified or if they're CPR certification is lapsing and they want to get it again, we're always happy to pay that expense, um, a portion of it to make sure that they get that so that they feel confident when they're hitting the trail. Yeah, no, that's, um, that's definitely, definitely something you need to have. You know, there's never, there was never an instance where we didn't have, where we had 20 or 30 when I was going on hikes and adventures Mm -hmm. with the South Dakota chapter, but there was times when mm-hmm. we had 12, 15. And so yeah, that, that's tough for a single person, I think, to lead that big of a group. So a lot of times I would mm-hmm. go along um, and help mm-hmm. out. But is there an, do you guys limit your, your size of your groups per ambassador? Or yeah, it- we, it depends, right? We try to use our common sense and our safety goals. So on Guam, when we have tighter trails or we have drop-offs that are involved or different scenarios, we'll always limit those hikes and we'll make sure that everybody knows, you know, it's going to be like the first 10 people that sign up the first 15 people that sign up in Virginia. When I was leading hikes on tighter trails, not only for safety, but for everybody's kind of like a respect of everybody on trail, I'm not going to let 30 people join a hike when the trail is four feet wide. And there are people that are also trying to enjoy it. So we try to base it off of what makes sense, what's safe, what's respectful of others too, that are getting outside. And, you know, when it comes to ambassadors, your wife and I actually had this conversation. I think it's really important to remember where you are too. If somebody just moved to a place that they're not necessarily super comfortable leading hikes, like Alaska, where you have wildlife that's different from other places. I don't, we never put expectations on ambassadors to say like, Hey, you don't know what bear safety is, but still lead a hike where you're leading other people. Um, And so Alaska for right now is a resource chapter. And we love that because ultimately what we are is a resource community. We want to provide our members opportunities for themselves to get outdoors, safety tips, um, what to look out for when they're getting outside on their own. And so if we have ambassadors that are like, Hey, I don't have a lay of the land yet. And I don't feel necessarily comfortable leading hikes in this kind of unknown outdoor environment that I'm getting used to still, then we're always down for them to also be providing resources and, you know, education and other opportunities, whether it's events or it's something indoors for now, things like that. For sure. So is this group, for active, 
<laughs> is this is this group for military active military and it's for anybody with military affiliation so dependents active duty veterans retirees contractors um and then we have like the one-off occasions like on guam there's a lot of faa who are still stationed out there and we obviously like don't turn them away um we want them to also be able to find their community uh and so yeah it's great because it feels like everybody in a different stage of service whether you're the person that's supporting your service member or you're a veteran that's now out of this sometimes lifelong commitment where you've been living a certain way and now you're no longer a part of that we also like to be able to give them the opportunity to join as well so that they can kind of continue that feeling of of being in a community have you found that this helps uh, certain individuals with you know when you're stationed somewhere and you're just it's all doing your duty. Have you found this helping with their, their mental health? Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't go into specifics for their privacy, but I've gotten some really incredible letters over the years of people who have talked about not being able to get out of bed in the morning and finding themselves really isolated and struggling. And then, you know, like talking themselves into joining a hike and feeling like that was an accomplishment. And so it feels nice to get that firsthand um, experience of hearing somebody say, this has made a difference to me in my mental health. I'm somebody that has struggled greatly with my own mental health for a long time. And so I know personally the outdoors, what that can provide to you, that relief of kind of being able to take a deep breath and not feel like you're kind of suffocating for a little bit. And I know I have a lot of incredible friends in the military community who have come through some pretty, traumatic things and it feels for them like they've gotten this gotten to hit the pause button on a lot of that weight that they carry all the time while they get to focus on being outside and so yeah I mean I I feel pretty confident in saying that I've seen a great difference that it's made for a lot of people struggling with a variety of things when it comes to mental health what about the spouses does that also give them a a place to find new people that they would not other meat. Yeah. I I think this is like a little bit of a polarizing topic because we we are a group for everybody and spouses are typically the more readily available member, right? A lot of times they aren't deployed, they aren't on TDYs, they're in their community a little more often, so it could be spouse heavy. Um, but I find that there are so many great opportunities for spouses these days, as far as different communities, organizations, a lot of organizations making efforts to have spouse only opportunities that it feels like this is a different kind of benefit for them where they're not just in their own group of being a dependent or being a spouse. They're in a group of kind of this, like just a variety of of people in the same community that they share, but with different experiences. So it lends itself to everybody feeling a little bit more open to different experiences. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Perfect answer to my question. Uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of times uh, the spouses move around with their mm -hmm. um, service, you know, the, the people in the military. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, I've had conversations with some and, you know, the moving around not knowing anyone uh, they want to go do something uh, mm -hmm. especially if you know one of them gets deployed on something then they're at home with the kids uh, I think mm -hmm. this is a great resource for them to get out and go oh, adventure. thousand percent the weight of carrying a family or even if you're a spouse and you don't have children the weight that you carry when your significant other is deployed or on TDY or kind of like enveloped in work it is almost impossible to pull yourself out of that feeling, which is what a lot of us had on Guam when we first started, was like, oh God, what do we do? We can't just stare at the wall all day. We can't be afraid to get out there. Um, and I can't tell you how many times I've had conversations with spouses who stay on base their whole time at a duty station. They never get out to explore. And, and I don't think that's any ill judgment on them. I think it's just if you don't have the connections or the opportunity to maybe find somebody to help you get out there, it could be really difficult to do that on your own, especially if you have children. 
especially if you're dealing with mental illness, um, depression, things like that. These are all variables that come into account when you're kind of holding down the fort at home. So we do take a lot of pride in being a home for everybody, but spouses too, we've seen the most connections happen for, for sure. Like you were saying before with, like you were saying support before, um, if you don't know and you're in some new area land that you don't know and you do want to get out and do something for some people, it's very overwhelming to go figure out somewhere to go hike or just even get outside and do something, especially if they're on a base or something because all the unknowns. Um, yeah. It's uh, and, go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, so it's, it's very cool that you do this. Because it's just throwing out a lifeline to anyone that wants to go do something. Then how many of us want to go do something new, but we're scared to go do it because of all the unknowns? 100%. And I think that it also is important to note that there are a lot of people who don't feel comfortable joining groups. And I think that's really valid too. I find, I consider myself to be somebody that's really outgoing and I still find it intimidating if I have to join a group um, as a stranger. And so that's why we also find it really important and valuable to provide resources for people to get outside with their own families, because it there's the other side of the coin where it's overwhelming to join a group, or there are the people that are isolated and desperate to be able to form connections with other people, and they come out to join the group. So we really try to leave the door open to different approaches to getting out into your community. I think you hit the nail on the head on the the part where sometimes there's avenues for families that have children. And then there's, mm-hmm. you know, there's avenues where, you know, you're meeting other families and getting together that way. But there's there's also couples out there, families that don't have children. And so when, when you said that, that, that kind of struck a chord with me because, you know, we're military old i'm holding quotations up here we're military old <laughs> i'm only 35 but i'm military i was old. gonna say easy i think we're the same age <laughs> no but, but in the military we you know we are we're we're mm-hmm. older and mm-hmm. um you know it, it's it's tough for us as a couple to find friends because mm-hmm. we don't have kids so our I'm not saying we can't be friends with people that have kids i'm not saying that at all but <laughs> But a lot of times you, me and my wife, we can drop what we're doing and go out and do something, you know? And so we have that, that luxury, I guess. Uh, and so, but that is tough to find friends that we can hang out with, you know, without not having kids. But, and so I think that's really cool that military wild has, and you mentioned it, I don't know where I'm going with this, but, um, we've (laughs) made friends with other couples that don't have kids through military mm-hmm. wild. Um, and so I think that's, that's kind of neat that, that, yeah, that avenue and, is there. And we've met friends that have kids as well. Don't get me wrong. I'm not shaming people that have kids. It's just anti-kid. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Rob. We can't be anti-kid Subaru podcast. Um, Damn it. yeah. And, you know, I think a goal of ours too is to recognize, you know, we recently went on a board retreat where we kind of put in the money to have somebody talk to us and kind of talk about what our mission was and figure out how we could be sharper, better, offer more opportunities because we, every year we want to keep growing. And something that we did recently was changed our mission statement. Um, Previously it had said members or military families. And we just fell off about that. It's just coincidental, but none of the founders have children. Um, We are all childless adults and we all know service members who don't have families, who don't have children, who maybe are by themselves, or maybe it's just them and their significant other. And we wanted those people to also feel a part of things. I think that we maybe can all agree that there are tons of opportunities for families in the military, for people with children. And so it was important to us to also provide opportunities for those people who don't have children right now, or don't want children. They want to, or they do, and they just want to be able to get out with other adults. So our hikes and our events are also all various groups. So we'll have like an adult only tailgate hike. We'll have an adult only harder hike. We'll do like camping trips, things like that, where we 
kind of express adults only to give everybody that opportunity to be able to get out and not be worrying about children on the trail. And then we also offer plenty of family opportunities where those with kids can come out and feel like they're meeting other people with kids. So we try to really foster an environment where everybody feels like there's an opportunity for them to get to know somebody that they can relate to. We can all be friends with whoever we want, but sometimes it's nice to have people that kind of are at the same space in life that you are to be able to kind of form those connections with. Yeah, no, I, I, it's just, yeah, hundred percent. It's hard to explain from someone and, and you get it, but it's, it's hard to explain, Mm -hmm. you know, not having kids, finding friends that, you can hang out with that not necessarily don't have kids, but they can just go hang out, you know? And so, yeah. And I don't, I don't think it's a secret or anything bad to say that the military community is very family heavy. A lot of, I know that most of my friends that are in the military community have families and they've had families for a while. And so it's good to find that balance. So I'm looking on the, uh, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Robbie. It's all right. Mine was more of a joke. <laughs> speaking, of, <laughs> speaking of kids, what kind of uh, connections have you seen the kids that when you do the family hikes? What kind of connections? Oh man, kids I, as someone without kids, those are like my favorite stories. Though I, there is nothing better in this entire world than when a kid is like sweaty and dirty and so happy, and they come up to you on a hike with like their little fists clenched tight, and they're like, "Hey, Miss Kaylee, you want to see what's in my hand?" And you're like. I don't know what I'm about to get into. (laughs) Like, I don't know what's in there. Is it a, and like, and in the past, right. It's been like a mango they found or like a lizard that's like clinging on to life or, (laughs) you know, like a seashell or, or like I took um, a group of kids fossil hunting in Maryland last year. And that was so rad. They were so stoked to like pull out their little pasta strainers and dip through the sand. And we found like hundreds of teeth, you know, that seeing them get to be outside and knowing that they're in an environment where they're safe, but they can kind of like get wild and, and learn also important things, trail etiquette, how to interact with other kids, how to, um, you know, like safety tips, kids that will like stop when they're not sure where to go. And I'll let them look at my all trails map and they'll tell us like which way to go. That stuff is really cool because those are core memories. You know, like I think about the, the cool and dumb things I did, you know, growing up outside when we were kind of like locked out of the house all summer and those (laughs) things really shape who you are. And so it's cool when we get to have like these kids following us, like little lemmings behind us on the trail, but they're like shoving slimy things into your hand and they're like (laughs) dumping their hand into your snacks and like, what's yours and mine? (laughs) Can I have that back please? Um, But yeah, you know, you see them really getting to military life is so hard for kids. Imagine like one of your parents just disappears for a whole year and you're just supposed to be cool with it, you know, or it could be any number of scenarios that make it a little bit harder than just being kind of a normal everyday kid. And so when we've had hikes with gold star kids who have lost a parent in service, or we've had hikes with kids who started off in the military community and maybe their parent retired or is a veteran. So now they're like in that in between, they're trying to figure out they were moving all the time and now they're not. It's, it's really cool to be kind of like that. um, Like that you can rely on us, you know, they get to come out and be kids and, and really get to experience these things that for some of them are like once in a lifetime, depending on where they're stationed. And so it kind of helps, maybe pad those rough memories, those kind of rough experiences where they're kind of going through a lot of tumultuous moving and things like that with these cool silver linings that we get to facilitate. And you guys even do a, a, a nationwide event with the kids too, right? Oh, it's my favorite time of year. <laughs> you want to talk um, about that? Yeah, we just had it. We just selected a winner. Every year we do for month of the military child, we do like a patch design contest for our wild child patch, which is for um, any kid in military wild. And man, these submissions, they're like, it's like Bob Ross, like (laughs) these really killer designs come out. These kids, they're all ages. They can be up to 18 um, and they basically send in a drawing or a painting or any kind of art form that they want uh, of their favorite outdoor memory. And we've gotten like the Northern Lights, camping with their dad in the desert, 
seeing a cactus for the first time, being on a tire swing in their backyard. And like, I don't know, as an adult, life gets so tricky and heavy and, and just like a lot of work that it's really cool when you see kids drawing like a bug and being like, hello, this is my drawing of a snail that I saw the other day. Enjoy. <laughs> like, yeah. And then cool. the community actually votes on which one gets selected and it right? gets like it gets like intense yeah we get <laughs> we this like past competition we have like a thousand votes for different submissions like a lot of people were participating which is so cool because um it's nice to have something that's annual for people to get excited about and look yeah. forward to so all throughout the year we have kids that are telling us they're like really working on their drawing they're getting ready to submit it next year yeah i saw some of the the drawings and i was like wait is that a professional artist that drew that? I was like, no way that's a kid. And it, and it was right. saying underneath the like 11 year old. And I was like, what? Yeah. No way. I know. <laughs> I couldn't even draw a I'm stick like, figure. Dang, 11. I still can't draw a stick figure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's definitely a cool time of year. Um, and we're always trying to come up with, with cool things to add to that. So I'm going through your, your list on the website of your ambassadors and I'm seeing a, a trend here. Um, oh God! <laughs> I'm seeing a lot of women. Is are uh, are men not allowed to be ambassadors? This is totally a joke, oh everyone. Don't lose, don't lose it. <laughs> it I'm is, totally it is joking. a joke. <laughs> we have had we have had male ambassadors who we love dearly. Um, we welcome everybody, uh, veteran, retiree, dependent, active duty. Um, you know, and I think that really goes back to what we were talking about spouses. I think that a lot of groups are oriented to one or the other. Either yeah. you're like active duty with your other active duty friends or you're a spouse with your other spouse friends. Um, and so I don't think that's something, unfortunately, that gets solved overnight. I think that's years of us really being intentional about making sure that our events feel accessible and open to everybody. Um, I, it doesn't mean we still don't get a hype where it's 10 women and, and one man who shows up and is like, <laughs> What is happening? Oh, I've totally um, gone on like, hikes. You know, over... I've been the only man before. <laughs> I am sure. I and am I dug sure. right but, in. Who cares? You know, <laughs> it's, it is really cool, I guess, as you grow to see that ebb and flow and change. Ohio had one of my favorite hikes the other day. It's, it's not anything that's technically diff difficult. It's, it's through one of the metro parks around Dayton where Wright Pat is. Um, and there are these oak trees that are... I think like 500 years old on the trail and they're called the three sisters. And it's just like a really cool historical little hike. Um, and it's like one of those hikes that I really feel passionate about. Cause it's just so interesting to me. And we had such a killer turnout and it was just such a great mixture. You know, you had active duty members, you had dependents. We saw lots of kids, so many trail pups came. We had people of color, we had people of different backgrounds and I mean like that's the dream right feeling like everybody feels that there's this opportunity to get out yeah. there so um to circle back to your question your joke question <laughs> is anybody can apply that falls into the military community to be an ambassador awesome awesome yeah what is uh what is something that you as an ambassador or a leader of the military wild have not been able to do on a hike or on an outdoor adventure that you want to do? Uh, I mean, on some hikes, I'm so busy trying to make sure everybody's comfortable and also feeling like they're being, um, you know, like you want everybody to show up to this hike and feel like they're getting to meet others. And I'm trying to like facilitate conversations. So there are definitely some hikes that I've done that I only got to do once while leading where I didn't get to see everything around me. Like I didn't get to enjoy the viewpoints or like the vistas or the cool, like um, overlooks, things like that, because I always take priority in making sure that the members feel like they are having somebody that knows their name. It feels so good when you're somewhere new and somebody knows your name and says it in a conversation, you know? Yeah. And so a lot of times my, my, strength slash weakness is I get so caught up in making sure that everybody else feels really good while they're out there that I don't get to actually enjoy what we're going to hike to see. Um, but that goes back to the being alone and doing it with a group where I can always go on a hike by myself afterwards and really get the full picture. Yeah. Um, and so 
yeah, I, sometimes I miss out on the good stuff because I'm so busy making sure that everybody else feels like really welcomed. So no skydiving, military wild adventure, <laughs> no rock climbing, one of our, El Capitan. One of our founders and ambassadors, <laughs> yeah, is about to go skydiving. So maybe that's a future military wild event. Oh my gosh, that'd be awesome. Not for me, but for somebody else that finds <laughs> joy in that. Uh, hey, d- don't. Don't knock it till you tried it. It's uh, it's pretty <laughs> unreal experience. <laughs> uh, I'll do anything once, but that feels like maybe my insurance needs to be better. <laughs> I I work in conservation, so I wouldn't say that I have like top tier benefits. You know. Oh yeah. What is uh? What's something embarrassing that's happened to you that's funny? Uh, here we go. Story time again. Something that is an embarrassing that has happened to you while you're out in the wilderness. Yeah. I mean, funny, I genuinely just eat shit on the trail all the time. Like <laughs> I staying upright. We is have that in specialty. common now. <laughs> uh, like uh, it could be totally flat ground and there's nothing there. And I will find a way to just like log roll down an entire mountainside while people watch in horror. Um, like, That's our and, the great, <laughs> and the great thing is I do it so often that like, Typically, nobody ever asks if I'm okay anymore. They just like laugh and take pictures. And I'm like, cool. I wish I could say this was like any kind of me trying to be charming and funny, but it's genuinely just clearly I have no balance and can't handle being upright for too long before I have to uh, like almost be impaled by a stick while I'm falling down or whatever else happens. That's awesome. I love it when you fall and then you like do that quick, like look to see if anyone saw that you, you fell down. And everyone no one always saw. sees. Yeah. Of course, my hands are all bloody. <laughs> my knees are all blood. Yeah. Everyone has already seen the guy yeah, that's like, way on what? the other side of the, the mountain. He saw you fall. <laughs> yeah. Or you like get up and you're like laughing and they're like, you have like a rock sticking through your hand. Are you okay? And you're like, this is no big deal. I'm good. Oh, it's like horrified with yourself. Yeah, for sure. So with starting this group, you um, you just wanted to start it. Where do you want it to go, and what do you see in the future for the group? Man, I, you know, like I said, every day we're learning. We just have goals that kind of change. We've had goals that were like, oh, actually, that's not important to us anymore. Right now, one of our biggest goals is to have an ambassador retreat. It's been a goal for a long time. We're working on funding. Um, it's something that's really important to us to be able to get our ambassadors in one place so that they get to meet each other and get to feel a little bit more connected to the mission. But as an overall organization, you know, like I mentioned before, we get questions all the time of like, are you going to do this so you can maybe start paying yourself or, or whatever it boils down to. And not only are none of us really like <laughs> business savvy, we do it from like the heart and the passion of it but that's just never been the goal. So for us, it's continuing to grow at a pace where we can still focus on our ambassadors' well-being, making sure that they feel taken care of, supported, helped, um, like they're given the tools that they need to be able to run their chapters efficiently and and have fun while doing it. Um, and then also just keep growing our, we're always having members that are PCSing. So that's the great thing is like, we might, might not have a chapter today, in a place. And then tomorrow somebody PCS is there that had this great experience at another military wild chapter and they want to open their own. So for us, I think it's just growing at a comfortable pace where we still feel like our roots are always going to be there. Um, and feeling like people are always going to know who the people are that started it so that they know we're real people. We're, we're in this for them. Um, we love that our ambassadors all come to us, that they're all friends. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know if that's like a, cool cool like kind of view like to say like I don't know I keep hoping that we're like just stay one big family but that's really what it is we just want to keep growing providing these opportunities to more people but also kind of sticking to our roots and staying staying small but big big but small (laughs) the little guy we like being the little guy you know no I think that's awesome because you know sometimes when you do when organizations do switch over to become a company, they lose their, their root goal of mm-hmm. what it, what it was founded for. Then it becomes a business. Then mm-hmm. you have all the business minded stuff going on. Then sometimes they dissolve. Sometimes they get bigger. 
mm-hmm. but it shouldn't be driven by money. Like you said, it's just, it comes from the heart. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was a big driving factor in why we decided to become a nonprofit. It just never seemed like that was something that we were really kind of like hungry for. Um, and then also we're really fortunate. We've gotten to partner with some bigger names and have some bigger sponsors. Uh, and so it feels kind of like the best of both worlds when we get to partner with like blue star families, they're a massive, um, military community organization and they do a lot of work in the different kind of military groups. They do some outdoor stuff. They do a lot of, um, spouse support things, service member support. So when we get to partner with organizations that are a little bit bigger than us, it kind of feels like we're getting the best of, of both worlds. You took a step down coming on our podcast. So sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) Are you kidding me? My mom is going to be pumped when she hears this. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. No, we, we might have with your mom. We might have increased to three or four listeners now, so that's that's pretty awesome. So thank, tell her thanks for. I'm us. really stoked for y'all. <laughs> Any, you know what it is too. You know, like even if it is, it's more than three or four. I know that for sure. But even if it is three or four listeners, I always think it's a really cool thing when you're giving voices to the people that are are striving to make the outdoors more accessible for others. And I I would say that's really rad of y'all too. Like when I looked, checked out your podcast a, a little while back and kind of went through some of the episodes, it's so cool to hear everybody's experience of what it's like to get outside for them, of what it's like to get outside if they have a kid, if they're a person of color, if there's somebody that's ultra running, or if there's somebody that's hiking, or if they're just somebody that, you know, enjoys getting some fresh air. I do think that it's so important to give that perspective to other people, because how are, how is anybody going to know that they want to get outside if they're not hearing it from other people? you know, and how magical it can really be. And we've said it many times on the podcast, but that's the reason why Robbie and I created this space is, you know, we wanted to, you know, we're not calling you the little person, but we wanted the, we wanted the little person's voice to be heard and to, you know, like let everyone know, like you do have a voice. And so, you know, we are ultra runners and we say it all the time, but golden hour, the golden hour is the last hour of the race. And so, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we wanted to hear the stories of the person that maybe who came in last or who has just gone out and just done this hike. And to, to them, that's the coolest thing in the world that they've done. And like, we want to hear that story. And so, yeah, um, it, it's been really fun, like listening to everyone's different stories and, and adventures. Yeah. And, and like I said, that's like really what lends itself to people feeling like they have a seat at the table. You know, if they're hearing somebody else, I'm like a very average uh, uh, fit wise, 35 year old woman, you know, that just kind of is like getting out there whenever it's cool to just, yeah, to feel like everybody has an opportunity to do it. So for sure. So what kind of gear are you using? What kind of gear this, let it be said, you can literally get out there with tennis shoes and a water bottle, call it a day for sure. Um, there but are no some one things does. that make that, <laughs> there are some things <laughs> There are some things that make that better for sure. Um, some things that I, that are constants for me and a lot of them are are pretty like tried and true and nothing really that's probably going to be unheard of. My Moab, uh, Merrill boots, those things like never had a bad hike in them. The best money I've ever spent. They, and I wouldn't even say they broke the bank less than a hundred bucks. Um, they comfortable, great tread. Um, I don't believe they're waterproof, which I prefer because I don't like when water gets trapped in, if it's a waterproof boot when you're out hiking. Um, so those are always great. Mine were like a Merrill outdoor voices collab. So maybe just like a little prettier than normal Merrill's. I'm not sure, but, um, they're great for clothing, you know, like really nothing special. I'll go to TJ Maxx and buy a pair of leggings and call it a day. Uh, I'm a sucker for Cotapax bags. I just really like them because they, I, when I started hiking, I used a camelback, which is like, I think what everybody goes through at, at one point or the other. And there's just really no space. Um, and it only holds so much. And so I found that with the Cotapaxi, since they do have the space for a bladder of your choice, it's really nice to be able to kind of pick and choose what I throw in there for water. Um, if it's a long hike if, and I need a little extra and then they're machine washable. So when you're just like me rolling down a mountain, all the time because you can't stand on your own two legs 
it's nice to be able to throw that stuff in the wash. So you don't always smell like just a mess. Um, I always carry my Spyderco knife. It's helped me out of a lot of tricky situations. Um, and then we recently just had a really incredible sponsorship with Wolf Optics. They do a lot of ski and snowboard goggles. They're like really cool looking. I wish I snowboarded so I could wear them, but thankfully they also do sunglasses um, that are polarized, polarized, polarized. Um, <laughs> so you're not like blinded by the light. Uh, they like, I love them because they stick to my face. They have really great grip. And then it's the first company that I've ever worn where their warranty is like insane. So I'm not going to try to tell you what the warranty is because I can't remember it off the top of my head, but they'll pretty much replace your sunglasses for almost nothing. Nice. Um, and so I like wearing those. And, and what was that brand again? Hat, Wolf Optics? Wolf Optics. Okay. Yeah. I think their website's like Wolf Goggles. Okay. Um, but Military Wild members get a discount on our website, which is not why I wear them, but they are a really great um, piece of gear. And honestly, I sweat a lot. So when sunglasses stay on my face, uh, that's always a big plus. And then my trusty Red Sox hat. This thing has come with me a lot of places. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So we always ask our guest, um, who's someone we should have the, on the podcast that has a great story, who's been on a cool adventure, someone from your network that you mm -hmm. would introduce to us that help us grow our network? Yeah. So uh, one of my very close friends who I actually also started Military Wild with, uh, Jeannie Markowski, she uh, recently, she does our finances and a lot of our social media. She kind of does a little bit of everything. She's amazing on that end of the spectrum, but I wouldn't nominate her for her military wild stuff. I would ask you to talk to her because she's badass. She recently started her, her entire life over a couple of years ago, um, moved to um, Arvada, which is like right outside of Denver, moved to Arvada without knowing anybody. I don't know that she had ever been there. Um, and she is kicking ass. She's amazing. She, first of all, she boxes. And I watched her on Guam, like multiple knockouts. And I'm like, I know that person. She's like in the <laughs> ring and just knocked that other girl out. Um, so she's incredible for that. And then she also recently has gotten more and more into rock climbing. So seeing her adventures, like to go from moving to a place as someone who just also moved to somewhere where they know nobody or nothing, you know, when you move somewhere new like that and start your whole life over and then and you're thriving, She's like climbing mountains. She's like belaying down these sheer rock faces. She's also coaching boxing. She's doing all these really incredible things in the outdoor space. Um, and so I love her as a best friend. I love her as a colleague. I love her as somebody that I built this community with, um, but also constantly inspired by her to see her out there. She started off, I think, not really being too, too knowledgeable on rock climbing. Like now she's like the Alex Honnold of military wild. She's like out there <laughs> climbing these cliffs every weekend. She's somewhere new. And so I love what she's doing. Um, I love seeing other people thrive when they're starting these new adventures. And so I think she's a great example of what you can do with your life. If you just one day are like, this isn't working for me and you want to start over and you get some time and you put in the work and you form your community and then you're thriving. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Kaylee, we'll give you a, a couple minutes to tell people where they can find you, where they can find military wild. Um, any shout outs you want to give spaces. <laughs> I already talked about my mom. So we're good on that. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I, I don't really care about myself necessarily with social media, but I always encourage anybody to check out the military wild Instagram at military wild. I think it's a great opportunity to see what we're up to. Um, www.militarywild.com will tell you how to become a member, how to become an ambassador. It will tell you a little bit more about what we stand for, what our mission is. Um, there's some cool merch that I'm pretty partial to. Um, and that always helps support us as well. And then of course, like I had mentioned, military wild members get a lot of different community perks. So we try to support small businesses in the different communities that we find ourselves stationed. And so, um, military wild members who have the lifetime membership, it's $25 for your entire life and you get a pretty cool patch with it. Um, 
you get different discounts to different businesses that keep our communities afloat. So it could be outdoor gear, it could be a coffee shop, it could be a gym that you get a discount on a membership. And yeah, I think those things are all pretty cool. And that's, that's all I got. <laughs> nice. Well, well, Kaylee, uh, thanks so much for coming on. Um, I learned a lot and I've been around. And so I, I'm hoping that everyone else <laughs> learned and go out there and hopefully we get some new membership from it. Yeah, I'm so stoked to join y'all. Thanks so much for having me. I love what you're doing and, you know, just keep at it because it's important.